a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. I had several emails last week. One question in particular somehow stood out to me. And that was a question I'd like to answer over the air today, perhaps a little bit differently than the listener might expect. His question was, who made God? And I'm going to respond to that question by answering a little bit larger question, which is, how does everything exist? Or maybe stated another way, who or what made everything or accounts for everything. There are three approaches to answer those questions posed in different ways. But they're all quite different. So let's approach from traditional Christianity, from Latter-day Saint theology, and from modern science. First, traditional Christianity, which would say that if you could go back in time before the creation of the world, before the creation of the solar system, and perhaps even the universe, and you could go back earlier and earlier, finally you'd get to this point when only God existed, nothing else. No matter, no space, nothing, just God. That's the traditional Christian approach. So where did God come from in that scenario? God has just always existed. How long? We can't say. We just know that he has always existed. Now that poses... A problem in and of itself because then you say, well, if there was a time when God existed, but does that mean that there was a time when Jesus did not exist? Or or are you saying when God existed that God and Jesus together existed? And that's been the subject of controversies for the first several centuries of Christianity called the Christological Controversies. The, quickly, the lower form of Jesus, as it's called in Christian thought, would be that Jesus was created, just like the rest of us, out of nothing. 
God created the universe, everything, just out of nothing. And Jesus was one of the things that God created. Jesus acted perfectly, and finally, at the time of his resurrection, God elevated him to the status of God. That's when Jesus became God, according to this lowest concept, as it's called, of Christology in Christianity. The highest concept is much different. It's that if you went back to the very beginning, there were God and Jesus, but they are the same God. Jesus has always existed. He's just an alternate way of looking at God, or as one group of Christians, early Christians put it, uh, God can appear in many different modes. He can appear as Jesus if he wants to. He can appear as a burning bush or anything else. That was the view. So Jesus and God, not really different at all. The same thing. So Jesus has always existed. Another idea is that Jesus was expelled from God. They're different people, but they're of one undivided substance. So, all right, that's the theory about Jesus and where he came from and how he fits into the picture, at least the several different approaches to that. Then we get to everything else. According to Christian thought— Everything else was created ex nihilo, which is Latin for out of nothing. Earth, animals, plants, people, everything out of nothing. Now, in Catholic theology, which is a little bit unique, people have souls, animals don't. God created us with souls. God created animals without souls. When animals die, they're just gone forever. Then we get to... LDS theology. LDS theology is actually quite different. When you ask what that first cause is, what was the first thing that it existed, Latter-day Saints would have quite a different answer than traditional Christians. They would say, God has always existed so far, exactly the same. They would say, Jesus also has always existed they would say, Latter-day Saints, that Jesus was a pre-existent God as a separate person from God the Father. And here is the departure. Latter-day Saint theology says that humans have always existed and always will exist. More on that a little bit later in the broadcast. All living things have always existed, animals, plants, everything, in the sense that they have spirits, not that their physical form has always existed the way it is now, but their spirit has always existed, or their intelligence, as it's sometimes described. Now, I could delve here into the idea of whether spirit or intelligence, whether spirit, the word spirit, and the word intelligence means the same thing or not, that's a discussion for a different day. In addition to those things that have always existed, in LDS theology, matter in all its forms, which would include energy, matter has always existed. Now, science would say, modern science anyway, that matter and energy are alternate forms of each other, 
Einstein's famous theory of relativity is E equals mc squared. That means E energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Now, mass is what you have for something that is matter. So when you get right down to it, another way to say Einstein's theory of relativity, another way to express it is to say that a certain amount of matter times the speed of light squared equals the amount of energy that matter contains. In simple terms, Einstein was saying energy and matter are alternate forms of each other. Joseph Smith was saying a similar kind of thing as we have recorded in Doctrine and Covenants section 92, verse 33, which is often overlooked. It says, quote, the elements are eternal, close quote. 93.33, that's the same thing that Einstein was saying, but in a diff different way, a more simple way, a less mathematical way. We also have in section 131, verse 7 of the Doctrine and Covenants, the idea that there is no immaterial matter. Stated another way, all spirit is matter, according to Joseph Smith, but it's more pure or fine, and it can only be discerned by pure eyes. Here's a fascinating quote from Joseph Smith. Quote, I am dwelling, meaning speaking, I am speaking on the immortality of the spirit of man. Is it logical to say that the intelligence of spirits is immortal, and yet that it had a beginning? The intelligence of spirits had no beginning, neither will it have an end. That which has a beginning may have an end. There never was a time when there were not spirits, for they are co-equal, meaning co-eternal. They've always been there. For they are co-equal with our Father in heaven. Close quote. More about the idea of where did God come from? Has he always existed? And what is the nature of creation and existence? Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to send me an email to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to respond. Also, like Brad and some other people who've sent emails to me, feel free to send me an idea for a show. When we took our break, we were discussing that famous quote from Joseph Smith that there never was a time when there were not spirits because they are co-eternal, meaning they've lasted forever. They always have been and always will be just the same as God the Father or our Father in heaven. This basic idea here 
this theological statement recorded in the history of the church is the reason Latter-day Saints have generally embraced the study of religion. It's also part of the idea of eternal progression as expressed by church president Lorenzo Snow, which is, quote, as man is now God once was, as God is now man may be, close quote. It's also been expressed in several different ways in other places. One of the most fascinating to me is the LDS hymn, which you can still find in our hymn books, the words for which were composed by W.W. Phelps for Brigham Young in 1856. I'm talking about the hymn, If You Could High to Kolob. Now, for those who aren't aware, Kolob is the place next to where God dwells or close to where God dwells. So that's the meaning of the word kolob. And high is an archaic word that we don't use anymore that means travel very quickly or go really, really fast. So if you could high to kolob means stated in current English, if you could go really, really fast to the place where God dwells. That's kind of the intent of, of the meaning of the title of this hymn. Here are the lyrics. Quote, if you could go really, really fast to Kolob, if you could hide a Kolob in the twinkling of an eye and then continue onward with that same speed to fly, do you think that you could ever, through all eternity, find out the generation where gods began to be? And verse 2 is, or see the grand beginning where space did not extend, or view the last creation where gods and matter end. And then he goes on and answers his own question and says, nope, you couldn't do it. Because, quote, methinks the spirit whispers, no man has found pure space, meaning empty space, nor seen the outside curtains where nothing has a place. Phelps is answering his own question saying, no, you couldn't do it because there is no vacant space and there is no place where there is nothing. And that is the early, from the beginning, Latter-day Saint point of view, which science is actually coming around to. Science used to believe that space was a vacuum. There was literally nothing there. It has come around to a different point of view. I'll mention that in a few minutes here, time permitting. On to the science, modern science point of view, with just a teeny tiny bit of history. Before the 1300s, religion and science were pretty similar for most people. Since then, they have gone their separate ways in many respects. Currently, well, within the last 30 or 40 years, there have come to be these two bedrock underlying principles or theories of science, evolution and the Big Bang. Both of those have recently, in the last decade or 15 years or so, have come into question. The Big Bang Theory had its origins with a Catholic bishop in England, a guy by the name of Robert Grosteste. In 1225, he wrote this treatise called On Light, and Bishop Robert Grosteste uh, explored 
the nature of matter and the cosmos, and he described, after thinking greatly about this, that the birth of the universe was like an explosion. And this was sort of the beginning of the Big Bang Theory. So how has the Big Bang Theory run into difficulty, as I mentioned a second ago? Well, there are many different ways, but one example would be an October 2010 paper published in the Oxford University Journal Astronomy and Geophysics. It's volume 51, issue 5, if you care to look it up. The title of the article is, quote, Is Everything We Know About the Universe Wrong? Close quote. And it goes on to talk about how the cosmic microwave background, the CMB, is the earliest light that we'll ever see, and it doesn't quite work out well with the Big Bang Theory. There are other reasons why the Big Bang Theory doesn't work out as well as described in that article, but I don't have time to go into the details. Other ways that seem to indicate the Big Bang Theory has troubles is that the computer models that are used to sort of extrapolate backwards to the beginning where there's this theoretical singularity where everything began out of nothing, they don't work. You get back to just inside of a second and things begin to just plain not work. A growing number of scientists say it appears the Big Bang theory may not be true. Similarly, the theory of evolution has even greater theories. Many, many scientists are coming to the conclusion that there has simply not been enough time for random mutations in genes to account for all the current species we have. I've mentioned other at other times on the show about whales, and there just isn't enough time for them to have evolved from some single cell in the great distant past then eventually come into some kind of mammal on land and then evolve back into the oceans. There are many other animals for which you have similar problems. Another problem for the idea of evolution is the Cambrian period. The so-called Cambrian explosion is when most all major forms of life appeared. Almost all at once, if you look at the vast time period of the history of the earth, it would be like saying that instead of equal distant or more or less equidistant time period between the evolution of species, it would be like saying, gee, uh, if you have this 10-foot graph, it's somewhere at about four feet, almost everything appeared all at once. And it just kind of doesn't work with the theory of evolution and how random mutations ought to behave. So here's the conclusion to, to the question today about existence. Existence is ultimately the greatest mystery. At the same time, it's one of the only unquestioned facts that are out there. There can be no question that things exist, that we exist, or Stated a different way, you cannot question the fact that you exist. This is sort of um, like the famous axiom, I think, therefore I exist. My father's got this great t-shirt that says, I think, therefore I exist. I exist, therefore I go fishing, which I've always quite liked. 
But here's the direct answer to the question posed by listener Brad. Where did God come from? Traditional Christianity says God always existed. Always. Everything else God created out of nothing. Latter-day Saint thought would say God has always existed as well, but not just God, everything else, all matter, all spirits, everything. Nothing was created out of nothing. It's just reorganized. Science has come around to that same point of view, saying that all matter is either energy or hard matter as expressed in E equals MC squared. In other words, science looks quite a bit like what Joseph Smith had to say clear back in the mid-1800s. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Join me next week. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.